All right, welcome to it. Friday evening, your weekend is just upon you. But first, Disability Law Show is so good to have you on the show today. And uh, we're going to get rolling here right away. John Scholes in attendance, of course, Savannah Tamarkin and Brandon Ferrante also here as well. You want to reach out to the fellas anytime in their very capable and respective teams, 1-855-821-5900, help at disabilityrights.ca as well. i uh, got a lot of emails and topics to get through in the next half hour, guys. But uh, Savannah, just give us a, a brief overview. Like, we like to start the show with this for the past couple of weeks just to get people warmed up when it comes to accidents and all that stuff. What do you say about it, Bill? Yeah, John, I think it's important for people to understand that, uh, you know, we're lawyers and we work across Ontario. We deal with injury claims, car accident claims, slip and fall claims, everything and anything that you see people get injured by, especially in the winter. And, you know, winter is upon us. We've had some mild temperatures, but we're seeing freezing rain. We're seeing mm-hmm. uh, snow squalls, etc. And people often call us for information. And that's what we do. We give out this information. We also help people get the benefits they need. But one of the more common questions we get now is after an accident. You know, I was in an accident or uh, my relative, my family member, my, my friend, my colleague was in a car accident. It was pretty serious. wasn't their fault. What do we do? Uh, so I explained to them that, you know, there are really several things they need to understand. Number one, whether or not you are at fault for the accident, if you are injured as a result of a car accident in Ontario, you are entitled to accident benefits. Those are benefits you get from your own automobile insurance company or the insurance company of the car you were in, etc. Uh, Brendan, who's here with us from our firm, he's a licensed paralegal and he deals with that. Uh, he deals with very serious claims, uh, makes sure that people get the benefits that they're entitled to from their insurance companies. Uh, so he's going to talk about that. But the second part of the claim where we come in, I come in as a lawyer and you know our colleagues, other partners at the firm, is when someone else was responsible for that accident, either fully or partially uh, responsible. So you have a situation where somebody's rear-ended. You have a situation where you know there's a, a left-hand turn that wasn't done correctly or somebody goes through a red light. Whatever the situation is, if you or someone you know is injured as a result of someone's negligence, partial or full negligence, you may be entitled to significant compensation money that's really what it comes down to we can't we you know we're not doctors we can't treat you you need to get the medical help you need but we know how to navigate that system of insurance that is fairly convoluted unfortunately in ontario and it gets convoluted every few years because they keep making changes which is why when people call us we're happy about that because we give them the information they need both for accident benefits the benefits they're entitled to from their insurance company, as well as the other side of the claim where we go after the insurance company of whoever caused the accident. So really, really important, John. I want to get this out there to people. You are entitled to compensation if your injuries are significant enough. And we can talk about that later in the context of emails that we're receiving right now from people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, people need to understand that there's time limitations. If you don't do something like that, if you don't, you know, engage a lawyer at the right time, you may lose out on those benefits. You may lose out on the compensation that you're deserving. And you're, you can be talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions in some instances. So, John, without further ado, let's, let's get into it. We have a lot of emails. Uh, and I know Brandon wants to talk about specifically rental vehicles. So let's get into that. Yeah, this uh, this this email came through a short time ago, guys. It's it, it's it's quick and concise, but it goes like this: says, guys, I was using a rental car for uh, the month. I was staying at my parents' house. It got rear-ended. Do I still have coverage, Brandon? What do you think? Hi, John. Uh, yes. Yeah, so this uh, this person will still have uh, coverage with the accident benefits. Actually, most rental companies have insurance that you get when you reserve a rental car. 
sometimes there's even options to purchase more coverage um, but yes with rental cars you will still have access to accident benefit coverage therefore if anything happens or in this person's case they were they were rear-ended um they'll be entitled to the income replacement benefits if they're not able to return to work medical rehabilitation benefits such as physiotherapy or massage therapy uh, and even if it's severe enough for attending care benefits if they need a personal support worker to help them out a few days at their house or any other benefit that is necessary Savan, what's uh, what's your take on the entire thing because i know you got a different angle with that question right yeah, John. So this person mentions being rear-ended, and this is absolutely important because if this individual was in fact injured, and if that person's injuries uh, it prevents them from working or getting back to work to the same capacity, same hours, same duties that they had before the accident, over the long term, uh, then that person is potentially uh, entitled to a lot of, of compensation, not just from the accident benefits insurer uh, that the rental company has provided him with, which Brendan just spoke about, but also from whoever caused the accident. So whoever caused the accident, whoever rear-ended him, will have their own insurance company, and that insurance company may be on the hook for significant damages for income loss into the future. And what about pain and suffering? Like, let's, you know, I've, I've had cases people have been rear-ended, and, and they've had uh, traumatic brain injuries, or they've had chronic pain or they had whiplash, severe whiplash, you know, that translated into chronic pain and many other types of conditions. Again, in many of these cases, people don't fully recover 100%. And what the law says is that if you've suffered an injury that is permanent and serious, and when we look at permanency and seriousness, we're looking into the foreseeable future. And is it serious enough to affect most of what you do on a daily basis, uh, if you're not, you know, working at the time, well, we look at how it's altered your life plans, whether or not now you have a lot of changes in your life, whether people need to now help you all the time, right? I mean, you have retirees, that obviously, that are injured, you have students, yep. so not everyone is of working age, but, but... What we're looking at is to see, are these injuries, whatever those injuries are, whether it's a fracture, whether it's not a fracture, but something else, whether those kinds of injuries have plateaued in terms of the healing process and whether or not this person now has residual impairments, residual injuries, limitations that prevent them from doing what they otherwise could have done but for the accident. And again, those kinds of claims, those tort claims, those legal claims against whoever was the cause of the accident, such as this person who rear-ended this individual, those individuals, that those insurance companies are going to have to pay. There's no question about that. It's just a question of engaging the process. And this is what we do again. We give this information out for free uh, and making sure that you file the necessary claim and do the necessary steps uh, within the right timeline so that you can get this compensation. Again, this is why it's so important, and you should not fear reaching out to Savan and Brandon, get a hold of the team, at least have that chat, because we've all been there, or will be one time or another, if you're driving around this uh, the city, the GTA for sure, so you got to be well-armed with the knowledge. Just make that phone call, have a conversation on your own time, one 821 5900 help at disabilityrights.ca. Guys, if you're ready for our first email, I think we could slip it in before the uh, before the break, if you're ready to, to rock and roll. This one comes from Leslie, says, guys... Really like your show. I've been listening for a few months. My brother was involved in a bad car crash two months ago. He was in hospital for several weeks because of surgeries. We have a lawyer, but we can't get a hold of him, and we don't even understand what the process is. All we know is that he said we have a case, but no money's coming in, and he obviously can't go back to his old job at this point. What do we do? 
Okay, this is crazy, John, and this irritates me to no end. I've railed about this many times before. I can't stand it when lawyers sign up clients telling them and promising them the moon, and then there's no communication. I mean, come on. You know, we have quite a lot of lawyers in Ontario, in BC, and, and, and in Alberta. One of the first things I do when I speak to any lawyer that we hire is tell them communication is paramount. It's absolutely paramount. And here's the problem, Leslie, with your lawyer not communicating with you. I used to work for insurance companies many, many years ago, and I can tell you that insurance companies oftentimes want to settle claims. And when I used to work for them and I was given instructions to pay individuals who are injured, sometimes I would get no responses from the opposite lawyers, the lawyers representing these injured individuals. And now here, John, Leslie's saying that uh, uh, his brother, her brother, uh, has, has been injured in a car crash two months ago, and there are no benefits coming in? I mean, there should be accident benefits at the very least coming in. Brendan can talk about that. But my point is that now that there's no communication with this lawyer, makes me think, is the lawyer that they hired even doing anything? And again, I keep coming back to the fact that there are time limitations. This is very sensitive stuff. If your lawyer, if the law firm you've hired is not doing what they're supposed to do within the time limitations prescribed by the law, by the laws, uh, the, the appropriate legislation, well, then you could be out of luck. You could be missing out on money. So, Leslie, my advice is uh, it, your brother needs to put this lawyer in his or her place. That lawyer must understand that they must communicate. They must explain what is going on, what are the steps being taken, what is coming down the pipeline. And there should be none of this nonsense about following up with the lawyer and begging the lawyer to somehow respond. Can you imagine that, John? I mean, that's it, it makes me see red when I hear about individuals chasing after the lawyers that have signed them up. The other thing I say to people is that if a lawyer is notoriously uncommunicative, I think you need to consider uh, switching lawyers. I don't say this lightly. I hate saying this. But the reality is that if that lawyer is not communicating with you, he or she may not be communicating with the insurance companies who at some point may want to pay money to you or to whoever it is that's injured. So you have to be very, very careful about which lawyer you hire and which law firm you hire. Guys, with that, we'll take a short break. We've got so much more to get through in the remaining time. So uh, so there you go. In the meantime, write this number down. Keep it. Call Savannah and the rest of the team. And Brandon standing by. Always one 821 5900 Email that we just used. We'll get right back to it. It's help at disabilityrights.ca. We'll continue Disability Law Show here on a Friday evening. Stand by. All right. Welcome back to Disability Law Show. Always reach out to Savannah and his team, Brandon and his team as well. If you have questions at all, you can just pick up a phone, have a chat. won't cost you anything, but the information could be uh, invaluable for sure. one 855 5900 is the way to do that. Help at disabilityrights.ca to motor an email across any time you would like as well. George is up next. This guy's my friend picked me up to go to dinner the other day. We got into an accident. My friend made a left-hand turn at an intersection, didn't see the car coming the other way. Uh, then that car T-boned us. I have a broken arm uh, and was taken to hospital right away. Police charged my friend with improper left-hand turn. Do I still have a claim even though I was in the car that caused the accident and it was and, and was also at fault? It's a difficult situation. What do you think, Brandon? Uh, hi, George. I'm sorry to hear about the accident you and your friend were involved in. But yes, you you and even your friend uh, still have accident benefit coverage. Now your friend is going to have coverage through his own insurance. And George, if you have covered, if you already have coverage with your own insurance, then it will be under uh, your policy. But let's say even if you don't have a, your own car and you don't have your own insurance policy, you will be covered under uh, George's insurance policy. 
Now, both of you will be entitled to any benefit and every benefit that is that is necessary. So if you both need to stay off work, that income replacement benefit, depending on which policy and limit you have, you will be receiving. Same thing goes with medical rehabilitation benefits. So if you need physiotherapy care, if you need psychological therapy, and even attending care benefits, I don't know you know, exactly the extent of your injuries, but if you aren't able to complete some things at home, let's say, you know, doing laundry or even with help with uh, personal health and care, a personal support worker can come over to your house a few days a week and help you out. Hmm. So then, what do you, what's your take on this? Yeah, this is, this is interesting because we do get cases like that, obviously, where people who are passengers are injured and it's the driver of their own vehicle that's at fault or again, at least partially at fault for, uh, you know, the, the injuries and the accident. And what people need to understand is that whether it's uh, your brother or your friend or your wife or your mother that was driving the vehicle, you as a passenger are not going to be deemed at fault here for the accident. Uh, and what that means is that you are potentially entitled for compensation. Now, there's a disconnect there, right? Because I remember this one case where I had a husband and wife, the husband was driving, uh, and he fell asleep, unfortunately, at night, late at night, uh, and they got into an accident. It was a fairly serious accident. They both survived, but both of them were injured, and the wife was severely injured. And when they wanted to understand what their rights are, other than the accident benefits that Brendan just spoke about, I had to explain mm -hmm. to them that technically the wife had a claim, a legal claim against the husband. So they said, well, I can't do a legal claim against yeah, my husband. That makes weird. no sense. It does feel weird. But here's the thing. Yeah. You, you are doing that, but it's a name only because ultimately it's the insurance company that responds to the claim. But you have to go after, quote unquote, technically, legally, whoever caused the accident. So the wife technically started a legal claim against the husband, understanding that really the insurance company was the one ultimately paying. Now, insurance companies hate when I explain this on air. They do, <laughs> because they understand that this dissuades many people, obviously, when they don't understand this concept, that it's the insurance company that ultimately pays, not the driver personally. They hate the fact that people understand that because it means that people now understand that they, yeah, they, they should, in fact, make a legal claim for those injuries and compensation because they are injured, especially when you're dealing again with very severe injuries. And in that particular case that I'm talking about, that claim settled north of $500,000 that the insurance company paid, not the husband. Now, right. some people may say, okay, well, yeah, but still, it makes no sense for me to go after my husband. Well, that's your personal decision. But if you are injured in a permanent way and there is insurance there to potentially cover you and your family, frankly, what is the logic of not pursuing that claim? The only entity that is going to get that money, if you don't go after that money that's owed to you, is in fact the insurance company, right? You're giving them a very big gift. So you have to understand that if you're a passenger in a vehicle and you're injured as a result of the driver of your vehicle causing the accident or partially being responsible for the accident, then you're still going after insurance, except that you have to do it by way of a legal claim against the driver. Again, once I explain this, once I go through the facts with anyone that is in that situation, people understand, John, I've never had a person saying, I don't want to do this because they understand it's money that is owed to them. But if somebody doesn't want to do it, that's completely their call. We're not going to pressure anyone, but just understand this is why we all have insurance. This is why it's mandated that we have automobile insurance or car insurance, etc. It's so that if there is negligence causing injury, there is an insurance policy that can respond and pay up. 
I like Laura's email. We're going to get to this in a sec, but again, first I want to give out the contact information for you to use any time when you're not listening to our show. one 821 5900 help at ca. Okay, Brandon, again, I'm going to throw this to you first. Laura, check this out, guys. It says, I was stopped at a red light and the car behind me was also stopped. The car behind that car was driving so fast that it hit the car behind me, got pushed into me, domino effect, right? Police and ambulance were on scene. I was taken to the hospital. I have a fractured wrist and suffered a concussion injury. Who do I sue? Who's responsible for hitting me? Hi, Laura. Uh, I'm sorry to hear about the accident that you were involved in. Well, so I'll start with the accident benefit portion. Maybe Savan wants Mm -hmm. to take over from there. Uh, But as for the accident benefit, same thing. You're you're covered. You're good. You have your own insurance company uh, with your own car. uh, So you'll be covered. Uh, you don't have to worry about that. So to start receiving, you know, your income replacement benefits right away, um, you know, get into a clinic, any other treatment that you will need, that's going to happen right away through your own insurance company. You'll be fine. You don't have to worry about having to figure out who do you go after. All those benefits you're going to be receiving right away. And on the other side, how do you handle that one, Savannah? Yeah, well, that's, again, it happens. I mean, I think mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, uh, by London, uh, on the way to Sarnia, I think, Highway 402, I believe, I think there was a 100-person yeah, car collision or something. I mean, yeah. these things happen. They happen, yeah. and they happen a lot. Uh, I've dealt with many cases where you have multi-vehicle collision. And the reality is that there's going to be multiple people involved, Laura, in this claims process because there may be people who are responsible that you may not think are responsible. So, for example, in a chain reaction of three, four, five cars, there are one, you know, one hitting the other. Uh, clearly, the target uh, um, person uh, that's responsible is the initial person all the way in the back that hit the first car. But there's also, also going to be a question as to whether or not each one of the cars that were in between, you know, kept enough distance between them. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. So it could get a little bit messy, but the reality is that in, in a rear end collision, typically, and there are some exceptions, but typically whoever was responsible for the rear end collision in the back is responsible. That insurance company is going to respond to these claims. But it is important to understand that you need a lawyer, you need a law firm to navigate this because you're dealing with different insurance companies, different entities, uh, and it can get a bit convoluted. But again, this is why we are here, both on the accident benefit front, where Brandon is the one who's going to help you, and myself or a lawyer like myself at my firm who understands this, who understands the law, who knows how to figure out who is responsible, what documentation we need, what do we need to file, and when at the appropriate times so we can maximize maximize the compensation that you are owed and, and potentially your family is owed if your family is impacted financially as well. So, so John, not unusual. We are seeing this, especially in winter, where people are not keeping distance. Yep. People are going too fast. People don't oh, have yeah. winter tires on. You've seen this. I've seen this. It happens. It is what it is. But there are ways to deal with this. And, and this is we deal with this kind of stuff all the time. Let's see if we get to Nathan, guys, remaining time. Says, hey, guys, this one's good, too. My cousin was in a car accident last month, broke two ribs, right arm, also suffered a mild traumatic brain injury, according to the doctors. He can no longer work. The problem is that the driver who hit him fled the scene, so we don't have his information. What can we do? Can he and his family still get some sort of compensation? Hi, Nathan. Sorry to hear about this accident that you were involved in. And again, as previously mentioned, you're you're covered. You're good. Um you have your own insurance company. So to get those initial accident benefits, you know, with the income replacement benefit or non-earner benefit if you're not working, 
and um, you know physiotherapy, massage therapy, uh, chiropractic treatment, all that you're going to be good with your own insurance company. So as for your initial benefits, you will be fine. Is there a uh, tort side to this, uh, Savin? There is, John. Uh, and, and, you know, um, there's a variety of things. I don't want to get too legalistic here, but there are provisions sure. under the Insurance Act uh, that allow you to get compensation uh, for injuries caused by an unidentified driver. Uh, and, you know, the limits may be a bit lower. Instead of a million dollars, it's $200,000. But, again, you do have compensation. A lot of people think that if they're hit by, by an unidentified driver, or a driver that was under the influence uh, or, or any other reason, any, any other kind of a weird scenario where they don't even know who it is that's responsible, that somehow they don't get compensation. So aside from accident benefits, which again, regardless of fault, you're going to get from your insurance company if you're injured in a car accident, when it comes to these kinds of scenarios, like in this case with uh, with Nathan's uh, uh, cousin, he's going to be able to recover money for his injuries. There may be a limit on it of a few hundred thousand dollars, but he's going to be able to get that money if he can prove that his injuries, in fact, are uh, serious and and uh, permanent. Now he's talking about broken ribs, uh, right arm uh, um, fracture, mild traumatic brain injury. I mean, yeah. that's very, very serious. You're talking about complete alteration to a person's life. So one of the things also that we do and we're really good at is figuring out where can we pull money from which insurance companies. There's also the Motor Vehicle Accident Fund, uh, which is a fund uh, that in the event that there is no insurance that's available, that you can go to them and apply. They're a payer of last resort. Again, some of these things I'm talking about, John, are completely foreign to the normal person out there who doesn't deal in this, you know, in this field, who's not a lawyer, who's not an adjuster, who doesn't deal with these kinds of issues on a day-to-day basis. But that's where we come in. That's where we come in. We, we talk with people about this. We answer their questions. It's all free. It's all free. Whether, if you email us, if you call us, you're going to get someone on the phone and you're going to get the information that you need to understand what your options are. At that point, you and your family decide how you want to proceed. My job, our job, Brandon, and, and me and other people on our team is to provide this information, empower people so they understand what their rights are, and then people decide for themselves what they want to do. And if they want to, us to help them, by all means, we put a, to, a team together very, very fast. We make sure we explain everything. No upfront fees, nothing. Uh, in fact, we only get paid if, in fact, we recover money for you. Uh, so really, it's a, it's a you know, uh, win-win proposition. There's no reason not to contact us after a car accident. And we are done for another Friday. The beauty of this show is it concerns and covers people not only in drivers but in the passenger situation. So basically all of us need to be listening to the show and taking advantage. So write this number down and keep it with you. You never know when you're going to be uh, hitting those numbers for sure. It's one 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 And help at disabilityrights.ca. We'll catch you next, uh, next time around on the Disability Law Show. Have a great weekend.